Well, for our communion meditations uh, over the past several weeks, we've been looking at the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism, and I'll be doing that for a while, Lord willing, uh, in the future too. Uh, this morning, you might notice I finally, uh, someone finally uh, reminded me that it might be good to put that in the bulletin, so I did do that. So you can read, read along. We're in question 39 right now, question and answer. What is the duty which God requires of man? The duty which God requires of man is obedience to his revealed will. And before looking at, uh, just briefly at that uh, question and answer, I'd like to go back to question three. And uh, question three says, what do the scriptures principally teach? The answer is the scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. So there's two main parts to the uh, catechism. First part is uh, what, what we're supposed to believe concerning God. Second part, what is our duty uh, which God requires of us? And that's uh, from question 39 on, which we'll be starting today. And uh, the second part focuses on three parts, really, from question 39 to question 107. Uh, it might take about 10 years to go through all those, but at the rate we're going through, but um, because we've been just doing it off and on. But the second part focuses on three parts. The moral law, as summarized in the Ten Commandments, and on the means of grace that God has given to us to obey them, and then on prayer, the model being uh, the Lord's Prayer. So those, those are the three major parts of the second part of the, of the Catechism. Now, about a year ago, I did start on question 23. Actually, it was maybe a little more than that. And I'm not sure why I started on question 23 rather than number one, except I happen to be thinking about what does it mean that Jesus is our prophet, priest, and king, and that was starting question 23. So I thought, I'll just share from that. And uh, so we went through question 23 through 39, and uh, now we're asking ourselves, what is our duty to God? What are we re- required to do? And what, is, uh, what should we do to practice our faith? Now, the word duty, when you think of duty, it implies obedience because we're servants, and we're created by God and for God. And we were made to obey him. And, put, and to put it more strongly, it says that we are required to obey his revealed will. He's holy, almighty, and uh, we are created in his image to love him and to serve him. And all mankind is under this obligation, really. Uh, but sin has so bent us that, that we worship ourselves or we worship man's systems. And we don't really like words like duty or required or obedience. You know, those words... Uh, we cringe maybe at those sometimes. Uh, but you might hear the word duty uh, if you are in the military or you're talking about the military. I think they use the word duty a lot. You might hear it there. Uh, you might hear the word required at a government office after you thought you'd already filled out enough papers, but more are required. Uh, and you might hear the word obedience from a bunch of Christian homeschoolers because uh, you can't homeschool without obedience. So we do hear those words. Uh, but as his children, those redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, we are required and we are also enabled by God's grace uh, through the finished work of Christ on the cross and through his precious spirit dwelling in us uh, to live for his glory and to live out our faith and to practice what we believe. We have a duty to practice what we believe. And his moral law has never been revoked. It's never been abrogated, uh, nor can it be because God uh, is holy and unchangeable and so is his moral law. His moral law is still in force and we can and we should obey it. Uh, more joyfully as we grow in Christ. In Matthew 5:17, Jesus said, I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. 
In Micah 6.8, many of you know this verse, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And Jesus is our example, as the only one who ever kept the moral law perfectly and completely. And before he comes, or when we uh, meet him in heaven, we, before that time, we will need his power to, uh, in the Holy Spirit to obey his law and all the ramifications of his law on a day-by-day basis. And in the answer, it says that we are required to obey his revealed will. Well, praise God, he revealed his will. And we know from Romans 12, 2, that his revealed will is good and acceptable and perfect. And our God is kind and merciful and uh, full of grace. He's given us his word. Praise God, his revealed will. And in question and answer 40 and 41, uh, next week, Lord willing, we will see that the rule of our obedience is the moral law as summarized in the Ten Commandments. And so we'll start working through the Ten Commandments. Now, some people say something like, well, I, I didn't really know what you wanted me to do, so I'm really not responsible, and I'm not able to keep it or obey it. Most people will say that, certainly most non- all non-Christians. Uh, but this is like when a child says uh, something like, you know, they're about to be punished. Uh, they know they're going to be punished uh, for some disobedience. And just before the discipline, they say, you know, Dad... Uh, you really weren't clear about, about what, you're, you know, what I'm about to be punished for. You, you really weren't clear. Uh, and yet, you know you were, and they know you were. And so, uh, you know, we adults do the same thing. We're just more sophisticated about it. Uh, although I have been impressed by uh, my children and, and other children on how creative they are in, in seeking to avoid uh, the discipline. But for our communion meditation now, over the next several months, uh, off and on, Uh, we will be looking at God's moral law in the Ten Commandments. And one of his commandments is that we keep the Sabbath day set apart for him. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And we call this day now the Lord's Day. It's the Christian Sabbath, the first day of the week. And uh, every part of this worship service, including uh, this communion meal we're about to enjoy together, should be practiced with joy from our hearts. And he wants our hearts in worship, not rote obedience. You know, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and referring to them, when he quoted Isaiah 29, 13, he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And we don't want to be like that. That kind of worship does not honor him, and there's no joy in our hearts. Uh, it does not change us or satisfy our longing for him at all. Our duty is to obey his revealed will and to do so with the joy and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we do want to obey your word your will, joyfully and from our hearts. And we come to this table in obedience to your your revealed will and because, Lord, you instituted it and commanded it to be kept until you come. And we ask that you would fill our hearts with joy and love for your commandments and a joy in the right practice of them. And we pray this in the name of the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.